Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. In 1829, Laura Bridgman was born. She was born deaf and blind. A Dr. S. G. Howe took interest in this little girl. And the way he finally got through to her, he would hold her hands for 15 minutes every day at the same time and read to her. And later in life, she said, that's when she got the revelation Someone is trying to tell me something. When she was a young woman, he, she was the first blind, deaf, mute to learn how to read and write. She was able to sew so well that she became a sewing teacher at Dr. Howe's school. Well, today we're going to examine the words from the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the person of God who lives inside believers who's always trying to tell us something. If you listen to his voice, you'll go from blindness to light. If you squelch the voice of the Holy Spirit, you'll become blinder and blinder. So here's what I want for this program, that everybody at the end of the program will know two things. Number one, who is the Holy Spirit? And number two, what does he do in our lives? Let's pray. Father, we do pray that you would send us the Holy Spirit right now, who is our teacher, according to Jesus. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us about who you are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First question, who is the Holy Spirit? Jesus said in John chapter 4, God is spirit. Then in Acts in chapter 5, Peter says, Ananias, you lied to the Holy Spirit. You have not lied to men, but to God. Peter equates God with the Holy Spirit. Paul the Apostle says in 1st, 2nd Corinthians 3, Now the Lord is the Spirit. So, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit appeared as a dove at Jesus' baptism, but the Holy Spirit is not a dove. The Holy Spirit appeared as a mighty wind at Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit is not a mighty wind. The Holy Spirit is God. We call him one of the three persons of the Trinity, which is the next lesson. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now let's explain what we mean by person. I had a confirmation student come up years ago and says, Pastor Brock, when we die and go to heaven, are we going to see three people on three thrones up there, Jesus and the Father, and, and then on the third throne will there be a dove? <laughs> and I said to him, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. I mean, I think we'll see Jesus in heaven, and I think we'll see a vision of God the Father, but will we actually see the Holy Spirit? I don't know how that works. Now, when we talk about one God in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we don't mean there are three human bodies up there. 
When we talk about the persons of God, we mean that each person, even though there's only one God, there are three distinct persons, and each has a mind, will, and emotions. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, each of them think, each of them have emotions, each of them has a will. Now, Unitarians and Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe the Holy Spirit is a person. They believe he's a force or a power. But you can't grieve a force. And Ephesians 4 says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Acts 13, the Holy Spirit talks. Well, a force doesn't talk. A person talks. And in uh, John 16, 13, the Holy Spirit is called a he. Well, a force isn't a he. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's not a ghost. He's not a force. He's not a cloud. He's not a dove. The Holy Spirit is a person, not in the sense that he has a human body, but mind, will, and emotions. So putting it together, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. Next question. What does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? This is going to take about 15 minutes, but let me zip you through the nine, excuse me, eight things the Holy Spirit does in our life. Here we go. First thing the Holy Spirit does, he converts you. Did you know that you didn't convert you? The Holy Spirit did that. I get that from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Titus 3 says, God saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you didn't convert you. The Holy Spirit converted you. If you were raised Lutheran uh, and went to confirmation class when you were 13, you maybe memorized these words from 500 years ago, Martin Luther's small catechism, quote, I believe in the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? I believe I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in my Lord Jesus Christ or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. I had a dream once where I heard the words, it is a sin for you to think you are staying a Christian by your own power. First thing, the Spirit converts us. Second thing the Holy Spirit does in our lives, this is from John 16, Jesus said, And when He, the Spirit, when He comes, He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So the second thing the Holy Spirit does, He convicts us of sin. Are there certain words that you don't use anymore because you don't feel right about it? That could be the Holy Spirit. Do you sometimes not feel quite right about the way you spend your money? That could be the Holy Spirit. Now, not all guilt is from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes guilt is from the devil, who's trying to get you under condemnation. Sometimes guilt can be from your neurotic conscience. But oftentimes there is genuine guilt from the Holy Spirit, and that's the guilt we need to listen to. Sir Samuel Baker told this story that years ago there was a regiment of Egyptian soldiers trying to get through the Nubian desert. They hired a guide. They're walking through the hot desert and the soldiers see a lake on the horizon. So they want to go to the lake and the, the guide said, no, that's a mirage. And 
a, a battle ensued and they killed the guide, went up to the horizon. It was nothing. It was a mirage. And they all starved to death. The point is, the Holy Spirit is your guide. You can try to kill that voice in your conscience, but you'll die if you do that. I've been praying for a man now who, a Christian man, I believe, but he's got a pornography addiction. And right now he's separated from his wife and from his children, partly because of his pornography addiction. And my prayer for him is, Lord, help him listen to you and get him some help. Number one, the Spirit converts us. Number two, the Spirit convicts us of our sin. Third thing the Holy Spirit does, from Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the third thing the Spirit does, he assures believers of their salvation. Do you ever wonder if you're saved? I have days like that. I was talking recently with a friend that I grew up with, and he struggles with depression, and I didn't quite know that. And he says to me, Tom, do you ever struggle with depression? And I said, not much. My problem is I feel overly guilty about things. And I said to him, I wonder if I didn't inherit some of Martin Luther's guilt complex. <laughs> but you know what, what they say Luther would do? When the devil was condemning Luther for his sins, Luther would say, Satan, let me take you to the cross. And do you behold the Savior of the world dying for all my sins? He has paid for all my sins so that I know I'm forgiven. I'm eternally saved. So Satan, you must leave. The Spirit assures believers that sins and all, your sins are forgiven by the grace of God. One day a little boy went out to fly his kite on a cloudy day, low flying cl uh, clouds, and the kite got so far out there that you couldn't see the kite anymore. And a man walks by, little boy, what are you doing? Oh, mister, I'm flying my kite. Well, I don't see a kite. How do you know there's a kite out there? And the little boy said, mister, I can feel the tug. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is the tug of God in our heart, assuring believers that your sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. You are a child of God. So the Spirit convicts us, converts us, assures us of our salvation. Fourth thing the Spirit does, Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, But when the Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power and become witnesses of me. The next thing the Spirit does he gives you power to witness. Now there are, there are churches that teach that the sign that you've got the Holy Spirit is if you speak in tongues. Well, I believe in speaking in tongues. It's biblical. I don't know that that's the sign you've got the Spirit. You know what I think a big sign is? Do you witness? Jesus says when you get the Holy Spirit, you're going to talk to people about Christ. Do you witness? I think that's a strong sign of having the Spirit. Next, Ezekiel chapter 36. Jesus said, uh, the, no, this is Old Testament. Ezekiel 36. I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes, says the Lord. And the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 3. We are being changed into the Lord's likeness from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Spirit. So the fifth thing the Holy Spirit does, he produces obedience in me. J.B. Phillips wrote this, 
Every time we say the words in the creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, we mean we believe that there is a living God able and willing to enter human personality and change it. So let me ask you this. Is the Holy Spirit producing an obedience in you? Is he changing your life? I'm not asking, are you perfect? Well, we won't be perfect till heaven. And I'm not saying spirit-filled Christians don't sin because we do. But generally, is the direction of your life toward Christ. That's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I will say there are certain things that I used to do that I don't do anymore. And there are certain things that I never used to do that the Lord wanted me to do, and I'm doing them now. Now, do I still sin? Yes. But when I sin, I repent and I get back up. So last night, I was looking at the news. And there was a news item that a Fox News correspondent, it's a he, has married his boyfriend. And the article was about this. And I'm thinking, is this the guy I wrote to? And I looked at my emails. Four years ago, this correspondent was on Fox News. And he says, I'm a Christian, and I'm gay, and I don't think anything's wrong with this behavior, and I'm looking forward to get, getting married to a man. I wrote him a letter, email. And I said, I'm a pastor with same-sex attraction. And I urge you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. You cannot live in homosexual sin and still say you're a Christian. For the sake of where you spend eternity, I really urge you to reconsider this. He wrote me back. Thank you, Pastor, for reaching out. And then he recommended a book to me. I wrote him back. The book was written by a gay Christian who debunks what... Basically, the book says, the Bible doesn't really say what Christians have said it says for 2,000 years. And I wrote him back. I said, that is a deceitful book. Please don't go down that road. And last night I read, he got married to his boyfriend. And I'm debating whether to write them one more time or not. But my point is, you won't be perfect till heaven, but the Holy Spirit produces obedience in us. You cannot live in impenitent sin and be saved because of the Holy Spirit. Sixth thing the Holy Spirit does, this is from John chapter 14. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper or comforter that he may be with you forever. He will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The sixth thing the Holy Spirit does, he helps and comforts you. I've had widows say, you know, Pastor Brock, when my husband died, it was like God picked me up and carried me through that funeral. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when you're having a rough time. In whatever way he chooses, the Holy Spirit comforts you and helps you. Seventh thing the Holy Spirit does, John 16. Jesus said, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And then 1 John 2.27, the anointing Holy Spirit, which you have received from him, abides in you. You have no need for anyone to teach you, but his anointing teaches you all things. So the, the, the next thing the Holy Spirit does he teaches us. I got my Bible when I was 13 years old. Confirmation Bible. Still have it. I, still, I read my Bible every day. But I never read the Bible without first praying, God, Holy Spirit, come and help me understand the Bible properly. <laughs> because if you try to read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, you can get some mighty weird interpretations. So 
and, and, and try to do this. When you read the Bible, try to not make it say what you want it to say. Just try to put your presuppositions aside and let the Bible say what it says. Here's a father and he and his son were hiking through the forest. Dad has the compass and says, Jimmy, I can make this compass point in any direction I want it to without moving. Oh, okay, Dad, let's see. Okay, compass, point north. It pointed north. Point south. It pointed south. Point east. It pointed. The little boy says, Dad, how are you doing that? Well, Dad showed him. He had a little magnet underneath the compass, and he was moving the magnet. And, and he said, Jimmy, that's the way some people try to treat the Holy Spirit. They try to make the Holy Spirit say whatever they want him to say. <laughs> I had an aunt like this. There, uh, she's in heaven now. She knew the Lord, Christian woman, but she could be a bit overbearing and say things like, the Holy Spirit told me. And it sure seemed to our family like, the Holy Spirit sure seems to be of the same opinions as Aunt Marge. <laughs> so be careful. Be careful using those words. Last thing the Holy Spirit does for us is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. But to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So here's the last thing the Holy Spirit does. He gives every Christian a spiritual gift. Let me list for you what the spiritual gifts are and see if you know what yours is. Here are, here's the list from the New Testament. Speaking, serving, prophesying, teaching, helping, administration, encouraging, contributing, leadership, evangelism, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation. Every Christian has at least one of those gifts. You might have three or four. But your job, Christian, is to discover what's my spiritual gift and then use that gift to serve the Lord because that's where you're strongest. So let's review all this. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. What does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? Uh, eight things. Let me list them and see which of these do you need the most right now in your life. Number one, he converts you. Do you need to be converted? Number two, he convicts you of sin. Is there an area where the Lord's trying to talk to you and you've been ignoring it? Number three, the Holy Spirit assures you that you are a child of God. You need to know that your sins are forgiven and you're a Christian. Number four, the Holy Spirit gives you power to witness. Is there somebody you're supposed to talk to and you need to pray, help me, Holy Spirit, say what I need to say? Uh, next, the Holy Spirit produces obedience in you. Not are you perfect, but is there an area where you need to be more obedient? You need to pray, help, Holy Spirit. Um, next, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He helps you through the rough times in life. If you're having a rough time, call out to the Holy Spirit. Uh, seven, he guides you into all truth. You need guidance about something. And then lastly, he gives you a spiritual gift by which you are to glorify the Lord. Those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one last thing here. I know a Christian couple and they go to two or three Bible studies every week. And they said to me recently, we're being convicted. It's not enough to go to Bible study. We need to serve the Lord in some way. And so they're probably going to start serving the Lord at this Christian coffee house. But I, I, to, to go back to the little deaf and dumb and blind girl, Laura Bridgman got the revelation, somebody is trying to tell me something. And, and if you are a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. He's 
he's trying to lead you and guide you. If you listen to that voice, you'll go into the light. If you squelch that voice, you'll become blinder and blinder. May you and I listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, my first question today for you since we've talked about your sermon, why don't we talk about the Holy Spirit as much as we do about Jesus and Father? Yeah, why is that? We talk a lot about God the Father and Jesus, but not so much the Holy Spirit. Part of the answer, Jackie, may be that it is the job of the Holy Spirit not to point to himself, but to Jesus. And I get this from John chapter 16, verse 14, where Jesus says, He, the Spirit, shall glorify me, and he shall take of mine, and he shall disclose it to you. So the, the job of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Jesus. Some people call him the shy member of the Trinity for that reason. But uh, just, um, yeah. And you know, let's just real quick, Jackie, so people know, Christians believe in one God in three persons. It's called the Trinity, the three in one. Not three gods, only one God, but in three distinct persons. The Father who made us, the Son who died for us, the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So that's, that's the Trinity. Yeah. Okay, but some preachers today are saying the Holy Spirit is a she. Yeah. Is that right? No. All right. We have feminist preachers now in the church that want to take the fact that ruach, a Hebrew word for wind or spirit, is feminine, and therefore they say, see, the Holy Spirit's a woman. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, whole, the, the Hebrew word for army is also feminine. Well, there were no women in the armies of, of, of uh, Israel. And uh, if, if you know languages, just because some, a word, like for instance, in Spanish, La puerta means the door. It's, it's a feminine uh, 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 noun. That doesn't mean the, the door is a woman. That's just not the way language works. I think the death knell to that belief is John chapter 16, verse 13, where the Holy Spirit is explicitly called a he. So no, the Holy Spirit is not a she. The Holy Spirit is a he. Jackie, you and I, our congregation that I served and you're still going to, left the ELCA many years ago. I'll tell you how we got out of there. I came back way back in 1997 saying to the church, let's get out of this denomination. They're paying for abortions for any reason with offering dollars. And we took it to the National Convention and we lost two to one. I came back to Hope Lutheran and said, let's join a more biblical Lutheran denomination. The elders slowed me down and said, no, the timing doesn't seem right. So maybe four years later, Jackie, one of our elders that you know goes to his niece's confirmation service. And the woman pastor laid her hands on the head of, of his, his niece or, and, and Holy Spirit, may she come upon her in all of her power. And he came back and said, let's get out of this denomination. So yeah, the Holy Spirit is not a she. Okay, so how do I know if I do have the Holy Spirit. Well, we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. speaking in tongues, prophesying, speaking. But then there's something different called the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. If you're filled with the Spirit, 
you will have love, joy, peace. Not, not that you're perfect and all that and don't have bad days, but those, those fruits are evidence that you have the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay, so how do I receive the Holy Spirit? Yep. Well, two verses come to mind. In the book of Acts, Peter says, Be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, Jackie, if there's somebody here and you've never been baptized, that's the first step. But then Jesus said, How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So you get baptized. And that's one way you get the Holy Spirit. And then you ask for him. I don't think the Holy Spirit ever leaves a believer, but we ask for the fullness because you can, the Bible says you can quench the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm taking this a little different direction because a letter came in from a viewer. Mm -hmm. And the question they have for you is, is abortion the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit since... The Holy Spirit is the Lord and giver of life. Yes, in the Nicene Creed we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. The Holy Spirit does give life. And so the question was, well, if I've had an abortion, am I guilty of blaspheming the Spirit, which is the unforgivable sin? And I wrote her back, I said, no, abortion is wrong. It's a murder. You need to ask God's forgiveness for it. But it's not the unforgivable sin. The unforgivable sin is called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And that is when Jesus was casting demons out of a boy. And the Pharisees said, yeah, he's doing it by the power of the devil. And Jesus said, you call the Holy Spirit in me the devil. You're guilty of an eternal sin. Okay, then I guess my question here is, can you ever be forgiven? For blaspheming the spirit? Jesus said the only sin that you will not be forgiven for in this age or the age to come is the blasphemy of the spirit. That okay. means when you speak evil against the Holy Spirit. I don't think that means a slip of the tongue or I said one sentence was, was wrong. I mean, I, I heard somebody say once that they thought speaking in tongues was of the devil. Well, true speaking in tongues is of the Holy Spirit. Did they blaspheme the Spirit? I don't think so. I think the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is a continual rejection and reviling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If a person is afraid that they have blasphemed the Spirit, what if, the, what if they are? Well, let's say, and I've gotten this now and then as a pastor. Somebody come in, Pastor Rock, I wonder, I'm afraid I may be blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And my response is, that's evidence that you haven't. Because people who have blasphemed the Spirit are so hard-hearted, they don't care if they blaspheme the Spirit. So, We only have 30 seconds left, Tom, so okay. I'd like to say thank you for yep. joining us today on the Pastor's Study. And we appreciate your support of this ministry, and we just pray that you would continue supporting and praying for us. And God bless you. Until we're together again next time, anything you want to add? Uh, let's see, i got 15 seconds. You can go to our website, pastorstudy.org, and you can watch all of our sermons for free there. Like Jackie just said, pray for us. If the Lord nudges you to give, the more uh, we get, the more TV uh, stations we add. So thanks and see you soon. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, 
Would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastor's Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week. <laughs>